Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Armor Investing Morning Meeting. We're going to be talking about the stock market, talking about big picture macro, how we're managing. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Armor Investing Way. I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is normally a show about stock market investing, um, and um, we go over things like commodities and stocks to watch, stocks to buy, and those types of things. And we will be doing that tonight. But I do have to begin by, you know, sharing with you that um, I'm Israel. Hi, I am. Um, standing uh, very firm as always with Israel and what's been happening in the last week has made it very difficult to really focus on investing. It seems like investing in the stock market um, is, is a very minor thing based on what's going on in the world. But um, this is why I didn't do a show last Sunday, but I wanted to talk to you guys today because I, um, I feel like it's important for us to have a chance to communicate together and chat um, and, and for me to share some of my views on what's happening in Israel and, of course, you know, how it affects um, the equity market. So if you have any questions, feel free to fill up the comment section. I'm happy to um, answer anything related to, um, of course, equities and investing, but also what's going on um, in Israel. So um, I like to call this a virtual hedge fund experience. Ran hedge funds for over a decade, been running money for over 30 years. I run my own personal capital. I share what I'm doing all day live on a trading desk with my um, Armor Insiders. Okay, so um, what I'm going to be doing right now is sharing with you big picture macro, what we think using algorithms, the direction of the market is going to be and how we're going to execute that, how um, the events that are unfolding in Israel and the entire Middle East affect those decisions. Um, then we'll drill down into what groups and what stocks that we're either buying or watching. You could put it at the top of the watch list. Um, and, uh, and then I'll take any questions you might have. So don't forget when I say virtual hedge fund, you right now, if you're going to join me here, guess what? You are a, um, portfolio manager of your own assets. So you have to make your own decisions. You have to be the risk manager of your portfolio. You have to execute your strategy come Monday morning. Okay, so I'm going to share with you what I'm doing. <clears throat> doesn't mean it's right for you. You've got to figure out what's right for you. So let's dive into um, most recent events in Israel. Seem to be impacting futures a little bit, maybe. Let's see what futures are doing. Energy's flat. Gold and silver down a little bit after having a massive day on Friday. We'll go over that in a minute. Equity futures are relatively flat with a slight upward bias, but it was after a pretty ugly day on Friday. So um, most important piece of news, I think, just hit the wires a couple hours ago from the standpoint of what's unfolding in the Middle East is um, it, it seems as if for the first time in history, if what I'm reading is accurate, Iran has back-channeled through the UN to 
expressed to Israel that they intend not to get involved in um, the war. And in, in essence, it seems as if they're hanging Hamas out to dry, which I hope they are doing. If that's actually the case, it seems like the worm may be turning a bit um, into um, the direction of humanity. Humanity, you know. It's so disturbing to witness anybody defending a group, a terrorist organization that has executed something, and I mean that literally and figuratively, that I think we all hoped as a world we'd never see again, right? I think that um, never again after the 1940s, this is why out of that Holocaust, the state of Israel was created. And yet we see images that are unbelievably um, similar, which is so disturbing. And then we have people right here in this country, right here in our government, who cheer it, cheer it. That's just very hard to believe, hard to believe. Um, said another way the Judeo-Christian um, um, approach is to have and promote and celebrate Earth Day right? We all have Earth Day real nice kind thing to do once a year we all get together right? And Hamas celebrates a day of hate so I mean my question would be to you and everybody else out there, you know, what side do you want to be on? You know, how can we elect officials who come up with the um, excuses and try to explain it away? There is no way to explain away what we witnessed last weekend. No way. Anybody trying to explain it away is on the side of a terrorist. That's it. There's nothing else to it. And those same people, you know what they'll do? Exactly, exactly what the Nazis did, right? They'll come out and tell you that didn't happen. That's not real, right? Then they start denying it. Of course, this time they're... Hard to deny it, right? Because they filmed it and put it on the internet. So it's kind of hard to deny it. But they'll deny it anyway, right? They'll get cozy right next to the Holocaust deniers. That didn't happen, right? It's going to be hard to deny this one since they filmed it and put it on the internet. But there's people who are still out there. It's hard. It's really hard to stomach. In fact, coming on here and chatting with you today, is I had to get over nausea about it, quite frankly, because... I mean, I'm going to talk about the stock market now, you know, when there are such bigger things that are unfolding right now that um, I could I could I could spend hours chatting with you about. If you're a student of history, if you read any historical books on World War One, World War Two, um, a lot of the denial and the excusing away and the accepting of horrific acts just lead to other horrific acts. So let's hope that what Iran said today is actually true, that they're not going to enter the war. Um, Lebanon said kind of the same thing. And then we saw 
the Palestinian Authority come out and say that Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. It took him eight days, but at least he said it, right? So the worm may be turning. For those of you who don't understand the difference, you know, that there's the West Bank and then there's Gaza. Gaza is controlled by Hamas, the terrorist organization, and um, the West Bank controlled by the Palestinian Authority. Um, and so, you know, I had someone ask me a question. Well, how do you negotiate with these people? Who runs, who runs the Palestinian people? Who are they? And I say it's very difficult, right, because Palestinian Authority likes to distance themselves from these acts of horror and pretend that they're the good cop, if you will, right? And meanwhile, they don't control Hamas. They can't do anything about what Hamas does, right? So horrific acts, and they'll distance themselves. But it's not, it's not like they're the easiest people to work with. So let's don't forget that, you know? Um, so it's like nailing jelly to a wall. You can't, you, you can't cut a deal with anybody. This is what Israel has to deal with. All right, so let's get off the top. I can't get off because it's so interwoven to what the discussion is about about um, investing and, and the stock market and stocks to buy that we're putting in the portfolio or how I'm positioned right now. Um, but I, I will leave it um, at, um, at that right now. Uh, on Sunday night, it seems as if maybe the worm is turning a bit. And humanity is winning people can recognize that you can't accept what happened you know you can't explain it away so let's move on um news changes by the minute by the hour you can follow me on twitter if you want at brett rosenthal i repost for you spaces that's really a phenomenal spaces on twitter x whatever you want to call it um where we're listening to Israelis on the ground in Israel as it's happening. Um, it's a really wonderful group of, of people who've come together from all around the world. Not just Israelis, by the way. Not just Israelis. Um, there are some wonderful, let me just say this right now, some wonderful Muslim people, Arabs, other countries that are on these spaces. Right? This is not about one religion versus another religion, although... Those people would love, the evil people would love to tell you that. It's about humanity against the inhumane. That's what this is about. Okay? It's about humanity versus the inhumane. That's what's going on. So, uh, anyway, it's wonderful spaces. You can stay abreast of the situation by listening into that spaces. Go to at Brett Rosenthal uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, and you can find that I retweet the spaces so you can be a part of it and, and stay up to date on the information. So how are we positioned? Um, why don't we start with the risk monitor? Those of you who know me, I, we have at the Armor, Armor Report, we have our um, 10 indexes we follow. And we look for confluence. Confluence is the footprint of institutions running money. So when we see behavior the similar across these 10 indexes using our algos, that tells us we want to be long the market or neutral or short the market. Right now, the risk monitor is red, and we are short the market. Now, I can tell you I haven't been short in a very long time, okay? And I normally would say to you on this call or any, any call, I, I don't think most people should short the market. It's better to just sit in cash. So why don't we start with this? 
a conservative portfolio should be collecting 5.5% in U.S. Treasury bills. You don't have to be involved in the insanity that's going on around us. All right? Now, if you're going to put capital to work in a risk portfolio, then what we're going to do is look at the seven algos, okay? Um, and we'll start with the S&P here, okay? So if we look at the S&P and we drill down right tight into it, you're going to see here um, a risk on opportunity from below the moving averages to above. So now you're looking at a chart. Every day is uh, every bar is one day. The blue bars are up. The red bars are down. Um, all the different lines are moving averages. Okay, so this is the 200-day standard, the 200-day, um, the dark green line, 200-day um, exponential. Then we have exponential 50-day, which is the black line there. So market rallied from below the exponential 200 back to the 50, and we captured that rally. Okay, we got long early on that day, on that rally attempt. Here, I'll drill down for you so you can see what we've been doing. Again, I... I share this information as it's happening um, live with uh, subscribers. And also, if you follow the Twitter feed, you'll, you'll see what we're doing um, throughout the day. So this rally right in here we captured, okay? Right here was the day we got long aggressively on the market. So now you're looking at a three-minute bar chart of the S&P. The green box is where we put a long position on. The green box up here, we put even more of a long position on. Had a huge up day, carried that day. So each bar is three minutes, blew up, red down. All the different lines are part of the algorithm we use to day trade. All right. So we caught that rally and got stopped out right up here, booking a nice profit last week. And when that happened, we established short positions or puts on the indexes, and we have profits now on the short side. So what do we do from here? Let me, let me break it down for you. Um, how do I run my own personal capital? How do I use the information that I'm giving you right now personally? I have three portfolios set up inside of my family office, okay? Which is like a hedge fund for myself and family, okay? And in that portfolio, I, I have three styles of management. I day trade using our algorithm, long, the S&P, and the NASDAQ, okay? And what I call that over there is the armor carry trade. This is a new trade because when interest rates are close to zero, you can't do this trade. But when short-term treasury bills are at 5.5% out to March, this is an unbelievable trade. This is an unbelievable risk-reward trade. What we do is we buy U.S. Treasury bills. You can't leave your capital in the money markets and do this because money markets won't give you the interest if you're trading. If you're day trading and you go back to cash every day and you have money markets, you're not getting paid interest. Money markets pay interest on settled cash. If you keep trading, the cash never settles. So you're missing an opportunity to make money. So what you do is you buy U.S. Treasury bills. It's easy to do. I run all my business interactive brokers. I'm sure you can do it anywhere. It's easy. You're not sure how to do it. Pick up the phone, call somebody, wherever you're, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, whatever. It's cheap. It doesn't cost you anything to buy Treasury bills. Next to nothing. I don't know. It might be a $10 charge or something for, you know, however many 
hundreds of thousands of treasury bills you want to buy. So you buy treasury bills, and it sits there in your portfolio, and you're collecting interest every single day, 5.5% annual rate. What's funny is a brokerage firm will let you borrow money all day long to day trade, and they don't charge you margin interest because you're not holding it overnight. So there's the carry trade. I get to collect interest with my capital in U.S. Treasury bills, and I get to use firm capital to day trade to enhance the performance of that portfolio. So it's like it is owning U.S. Treasury bills, the safest asset you can imagine collecting interest, but with an equity kicker. We have the potential to have equity upside each day. And what we do is we buy triple the S&P or triple the NASDAQ 100. And we use our day trading entry points to capture those gains. So here's an example. Gap down. This is one of, right out of our playbook. This day was right out of our playbook, one of our favorite plays. Gap down to prior day low, which is what this was. Gap down to prior day low. Reverse back above the VWAP. That's what the black dots are. We get long right here, and the thing skyrockets all day. Up huge. We had a huge day. Whoops. We had a huge day. Okay. We did the same thing the next day. This was a gap down to prior day's VWAP. This was a gap down to prior day's low. Gap down to prior day's VWAP. And the next trade was a gap up above prior day's high. There's three locations we day trade. Only three. These are the three locations we look to day trade every day. We look at prior day's low, prior day's VWAP, prior day's high. And if we see a buy trigger using our algo, develop at one of those locations, that's our highest probability entry point. The reward's worth the risk. And we execute the armor carry trade. Capture whatever upside we can. Give the capital back. Collect the upside. And keep collecting interest. So I do that. Depending on the market environment, it, it began with a third of my capital. Okay, Right now, I'm running more than two-thirds of my capital this way. And it's because we're in a a very difficult market. I'm not willing to carry things overnight. And if we can keep making money like this, we have zero overnight risk. We're collecting interest and we're just stacking chips when we can with an equity kicker. So right now, it's like the, the, the major focus of how I run money. And I have about a third, maybe a quarter of my capital where I'm investing overnight right now. Partially, that's because of the market, uh, uh, the, the world around us, right? I don't, I'm not comfortable with the world around us. So being long, anything overnight, is very uncomfortable for me. You know, when I put money to work, I want to be on the right side of probabilities when reward's worth risk. And then, or I should say, when, when reward's worth risk. And, and so then my question is, what's the risk right now? Like, how do I know rewards worth the risk right now? I, I can't figure out what the risk is because I don't know what the next news story is going to be coming off Twitter. So in that case, I'll just collect 5.5% and enhance it. Sometimes I'm picking off the S&P on a gap down and we capture that. Sometimes we pay up for it. I don't care. I love gap and goes. It took out the high of the previous day. We're long, rip higher, had a huge day. That was, what was that, Wednesday, I think? That was a huge update for us. 
Everything was done in like an hour and a half. We had a huge day back to cash. So that's how I'm running the majority of my capital right now. And so let's talk about, I said to you 12 days ago, or maybe it's 13 days ago now, that this is as, this is as de- defensive as I've ever been. I've never been, at, over the last few years, this is as defensive as I've, I've ever been. I said that 13 days ago. Maybe it's 14 days ago, something like that, okay? And so now I'm, I titled tonight's discussion as, as, as defensive as I've ever been part two because now I'm carrying shorts overnight or puts overnight. Not a lot of my capital. Don't forget, something like 75% of my capital is collecting 5.5% treasury bills and I'm trading the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500 every day using triple the indexes so we can have a huge gain, right? Market goes up a half a percent and we're triple. You can start figuring out the type of performance we can create during the week. Okay? And we're doing it on the brokerage firm's dime and collecting interest. So that's what I'm doing. But, but so if I'm going to put some capital out short, let me, let's be clear, the reward to risk on the short side and the probabilities are always against you, Okay? The market goes up like 80% of the time. So I'm almost never short, almost never, okay? There's a couple of reasons why I'm short now. And I, and, and I started to feel this way even before the war broke out last weekend. There are a number of pieces to the puzzle, specifically the armor algos and our risk monitor tell us we should be very um, um, cautious in this market. We are now in a downtrend since um, the 27th of July. The risk monitor went red on the 15th of September. All right. So the risk monitor's red. I don't generally just short because the risk monitor is red, but the way the market is unfolding makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And I think there's downside opportunity. Um, Let's swing through. Other than the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500 weighted indexes, that's what this is here, the weighted index, every other index looks just god-awful, okay? Here's the equally weighted. And this is what I have a really hard time reconciling and why I'm willing to go short right now. The equally weighted index. There's basically seven stocks. And I'm not the first guy to tell you this. You've heard this before. There's like seven stocks carrying the whole market this year. Everything else is flat to down for the year. Okay, that total bifurcation just can't last. And so you have to make one of two assumptions. The seven leaders will carry and drag the whole market up or the weight, the anvil around the neck of those magnificent seven are going to drag them down. And so I don't know the answer, but I use algorithms to help me, and I use technical analysis to help me. And what I'm looking at here, first of all, we have a risk on red right in here. Okay, the green was here. Risk on green tried to go up and failed. When we get a failure that close to a risk on green, it usually means the market's going a lot lower. And I told you guys that 12 days ago, or 13, 14 days ago. I said, the fact that the risk monitor went from green to red that quickly tells us there's a high probability the market's going down. 
and it went down, got whacked. That totally predictable. Using the algos, and I shared that with you. I said, guys, that's why if the risk on green fails immediately, the market almost always goes down, almost always. Nothing's 100%, but the statistics are ridiculously high. And that's why I said, okay, stay out of this market. Market sold off. We did some day trading long and short. And now that's the other thing I want to tell you. In a, in a rally, in a market that's got strength, the flip trade doesn't work. But we've been killing it. On our trading desk, flip trading. When I flip trading is when I get a long opportunity using our strategies, our algos, right? And when we get stopped out of that long side, particularly if we don't make money, in other words, we put the trade on and it immediately fails. We get stopped out of the long and we flip short. We had a huge week last week, flip trading short. And the week before, last couple, the last three weeks, flip trading short has been working. That generally only works in a bear market. It worked great in 2022. Okay? So pieces are falling into place here. I have a highlighted yellow box right in here. That yellow box is what they call the death cross. Okay? The 50-day moving average crossed below the 200-day moving average. That generally means a lot more weakness is coming. So we have this very strange market. Seven stocks holding the market up, the rest of the market rolling over, the breath is god-awful, the 50 crossing the 200, the risk monitor's red, I'm willing to carry some short overnight. I do it in the put market, I don't commit um, um, more capital than I'm willing to lose. If you're going to be in the put market, if you're going to be in the options market, you cannot take the kind of risk that can wipe you out but you could take a piece to express your view. And if you're right, you know, you can make five or 10 times your money. And that would be a very nice bump to the overall approach of owning U.S. Treasury bills and collecting five and a half percent. We're just trying to stack on top of that without being too aggressive. Okay. Let's roll over to the small cap index. Okay, I, I highlighted a few guys recently, the head and shoulders pattern on the small cap. This was back about 14 days ago. I said, guys, shoulder, head, shoulder, this is the breakdown. Small caps are imploding. So while I'll get out of the way of a small rally, and we did, we took, we booked profits on our shorts. We got out, we got long for a couple of days. As soon as it stalls out, boom, shorts right back on. TWM we're trading, which is twice the, negative performance of the small cap index. Same thing about the Dow. I'm not carrying a Dow put right now. And that's going to segue into stocks to buy, stocks to watch, groups to focus on, ETFs to focus on. So why am I not carrying a short in the Dow? Which I, I could because the Dow doesn't look any better. It went right up to the 200-day and it failed up there. And I won't carry shorts on the triple Qs overnight. All right, so if I'm going to be short, I'm short equally weighted, I'm short small caps, and I'm going to get to a lottery ticket that I'm short in a minute. But let's talk about why not NASDAQ went out. I'm not going to short overnight the strongest index, so QQQ, I'm not going to be short. And I'm not going to short the Dow right now for this reason. You got a pen, a piece of paper, you want to write down what we're looking at. 
here are the stocks that we are long in the portfolio at the end of the day Friday. And what I'm doing right now, I, I have no faith in the market and I don't want to be long. So I don't want any individual stock risk. I know that we have European subscribers, maybe European investors watching this conversation. And you say to me, I can't buy an ETF, Brett. What am I supposed to do? Very simple. Okay, very simple. I'm going to share with you the ETFs we're buying. We own Energy XO. Okay. All you have to do, it's really quite easy, is you go to ChatGPT and you ask it, what are the top 10 holdings in XOP? Boom, it'll drop it right down for you. Take a look at those 10. Pick any combination out of those 10 you want. You can do the top five. You could do the top percentage, whatever you want to mimic the exposure. It'll work well. Okay. You don't have to own everything in XOP. Those top 10 or those top five, but sometimes top five will represent 50% of the, of the ETF. So you're done. It's a great way to do it. Okay. But we're buying XOP. All right. We've been trading energy successfully since down in here, which, you know, you can go look at our YouTube channel and see the videos I shared with you down here. Had a real nice run, booked our profit. There's the shakeout and the reversal. It's one of my favorite setups. A gap down to the 200-day moving average, a three-bar reversal, and a gap back up. That's beautiful. We're long XOP. We're long XLE. Same exact setup. You could be long OIH. I'm not doing that right now, but you could. I might do it next week. So it, it could be a stocks to watch. I might add um, uh, OIH. I might. Okay. I'm also long USO calls. I'm long calls on USO. I don't like to buy USO. It's an LP. It creates ridiculous K1s at the end of the year. I don't need that hassle. And I'm not a big fan of, of, of investing in oil. But I got two trades on that I'm going to share with you that are like lottery tickets for me. I have out-of-the-money calls that go out to either December or January in USO, okay, for obvious reasons. If things intensify, kind of a no-brainer why I might be long a lottery ticket on USO. When I say a lottery ticket, what I mean is it's out of the money. It's a few months away. It either pays me or I lose all the money, all right? It's a lottery ticket. You buy a lottery ticket, you expect to lose the money. So if you're going to do this trade, don't be upset if you lose the money. Right. I mean, you take whatever capital you're willing to sacrifice and you put the trade on for obvious reasons. You either get paid huge, you know, or you take the trade off at some loss if you want, or you just give the money away and say, OK, that one didn't work. All right. But I have obviously for, for obvious reasons I have on USO. Here's another trade that I have on. I've had it on before. And I'm putting it on again. I think the bigger picture of why the market's going down and why I'm willing to be short right now is, is really not um, – it, it started and it had nothing to do with the war in Israel. It had nothing to do with terrorists called Hamas. It, it had to do with the fact that the market is waking up to the reality that the Fed wants a normalized yield curve. And they're not bringing short rates down. And they're going to let long rates go up, meaning TLT is going to continue to get whacked. 
Now, I could be wrong. TLT could rally huge next week. I'm willing to change my opinion. Okay, but right now, this is a massive breakdown in treasuries. And what you saw on Thursday that started the collapse, okay, this is just a zoom in on the S&P on Thursday, I think it was. Yeah. All right, so let's just zoom in on Thursday's action. This is the S&P. This was an enormous day for us. We booked, um, we had a day trade on right here as it popped. This is the flip trade I'm talking about. It popped up above that black dash line. So we're looking at a three-minute chart again. Popped above the black dash line and came back below it. So we, we took a small loss on that trade and flipped short on this bar right here. 12.57. And as you can see, the market then imploded, which we, we, had, we had a huge day, okay? Because we're buying puts and we're buying double the negative um, reaction in the market. But why did this happen? That trade happened because there was a bond auction. And there's bond auctions, I think it's every day, several times a week. I think it's every day. And uh, at one o'clock, the results of the auction come out. It was a terrible auction. I tweeted about this at Brett Rosen. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to keep up with that. And I, and I shared with you what was happening. Right? I'm on Stock Twitch too. You can find me there, Armor Report on Stock Twitch. I, I explained to you at the time that the auction was terrible. Um, and, and, and the U.S. is not, the, the U.S. is rolling a whole bunch of bonds off the balance sheet. They're unwinding what they did in 2000. Okay, the Fed's unwinding what it did. And it's like the market just doesn't want to believe it until it finally starts to believe it. And rates go like this. Now, in the past, I had this very healthy debate with an insider um, uh, last week. If things get ugly enough, if I'm buying oil, and I'm going to tell you in a minute what, what else I'm, I'm buying that goes with oil, um, and things get ugly enough, won't treasuries go up? TLT, won't TLT go up? Because we remember in the year 2020, stock market was crashing and TLT went berserk to the upside. We made money on that actually at the Armour Report. We, we had a huge, <laughs> huge run in TLT, okay? People hid in long treasury bonds in 2020 for two reasons. One, interest rates on short-term paper were what? Like 2% or something? And long bonds were at 4 or something? Or I don't know. what I can't remember what it was. But you, you could get a better yield than TLT, so why not buy TLT at the time? But number two, the market immediately recognized that um, the economy was going to grind to a halt and we were going to go into a massive recession. So at some point, the Fed was going to have to cut rates dramatically, right? And so the people were hiding in TLT, and it made sense from an economic point of view. There'd be no inflation, you know, all this kind of stuff, okay? So what's happening now is I don't believe the fear trade is going into TLT. I don't believe it. I mean, I could be wrong. It might. But I don't, I don't believe it's going to go into TLT. That's a knee-jerk reaction from the past. The problem now is why would I buy? Like, I have a fear trade. I have my own net worth. People I manage money for. I get afraid. What do I do with the money? Buy treasury, TLT. Why? I could buy treasury bills at 5.5%. TLT has a smaller yield. 
So I could buy something with a higher yield and no risk to principal. Why, why would I buy TLT? And on top of that, I think the Fed wants TLT to break down. They want to see long bonds at, what, 7 or 8%? I don't know. So people at what we were talking about what was going on with the market. Why did it collapse on, on Thursday and why did it go lower on Friday? Partially, obviously, I think it has to do with the developments in the Middle East, of course. Okay. But um, from a financial point of view, even if there was nothing going on in the Middle East right now, that bond auction was God awful. And if there's more like that, I mean, bonds are going down. Okay, so what am I willing to buy in this market? I'm willing to buy um, XOP. I'm willing to buy XLE. I'm willing to buy some calls on USO as a lottery ticket. A chart looks unreal. I mean, it looks like a huge move coming in, in energy. Okay, I don't know if that's real or not. You know, I don't know if that's real or if that's a reaction to what's going on in, in the Middle East um, and, and in Israel. And so theoretically, if there's positive developments that are happening, let's say Iran's not, you know, they're back in, they're not back in Hamas. They're not going to uh, um, attack Israel. Um, uh, the Palestinian Authority comes out against Hamas and uh, they're trying to negotiate. So if all that happens, and so it's a, it's a, the, the concerns of, let's be honest, World War III, okay, um, are, are receding, then who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe oil goes down. I don't know if oil's going up for, what reason but that pattern looks great the stocks are breaking out and i'm willing to put some capital to work there along with that hand in hand's got to go gold and silver right i mean we're going to look at sprott physical gold and silver because that's my those are my favorites but you can look at gld or if you want we've been trading gold and silver you know look really well all you, you documented i've been trading gold and silver for a long time but documented you can go all the way back to 2020 we've been making money in gold and silver and gold and silver stocks is 2020 okay and most recently you can look at this chart and see where are we buying back in here in november of last year we were buying sprout physical gold we sold it right in here on that reversal bought it back here rallied up sold it on that reversal bought it on the 200 day sold it on the reversal bought it on the 200 day sold it on the reversal tried it again got stopped out one more time and it cratered okay and it gapped up and reversed on Friday. It was up over 3%. Now, again, I don't know if that's fear going into the weekend of World War III. And if that recedes, maybe oil and gold price goes. I don't know. But we all know the, the powder keg that is packed for gold and silver. And a follow-through from Friday we could see dramatically higher prices. But I mean, look, I don't want to tell you or talk to you about the fundamental story of gold to silver because people get lost in it and then they can't trade it right. So it's just a trading vehicle to, to me. And if I capture some massive upside because of all these fundamental things that everyone loves to tell you about on Twitter and stock Twitch and YouTube, then that's gravy. Okay. But you could forget about all that. I'm not going to spend any time talking about gold and the dollar and all that. It's, it's detrimental to making money in gold and silver. You want to make money in gold and silver, just we'll just keep talking, you and I. 
And what we do is we use technical analysis. We trade it. We use stops. If it stays above the stop, we stay with it. goes below the stop, we get out and look for the next opportunity. That's it. And one of these days, we're going to catch a roaming candle. And that'll be great, right? So gold, silver, oil, I'm willing to buy. Um, if you can't buy the ETFs, you can go out there and buy, ask ChatGPT, what are the names, and go create your own ETF. Um, I think... I, I think that's all I, oh, oh, I was going to share with you, and I think I got sidetracked. So if TLT is breaking down dramatically, which it already has, and I think it's going to continue lower, if that's true, I don't understand how high-yield bonds are trading up here. And I know, I know I'm monitoring the CDS market, okay, and, and the spreads get tighter. The spreads have been getting tighter on junk bonds, not wider. So theoretically, nobody's afraid that high yield bonds are going to break down. And that to me, in the backdrop of the world around us right now, nobody's afraid that junk bonds are going to gap down, uh, not gap, go down dramatically. And so to me, that's the time to buy a lottery ticket on HYG. Puts on HYG that are out of the money, that go out to December, maybe next year, however you want to play it. You guys have seen the big short, right? You guys have seen the big short. When they were putting that big short together, the guys who made money on the big short, that movie, if you've seen it, 2008 and all that stuff, the guys who made that money went into Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and Morgan Stanley to set up those swaps. They had to find a counterparty. They were laughed at by the banks. The banks were only too happy to sell them all of those swaps. They were basically shorting the housing market, right? And the banks thought that was never going to Triple A paper? Double A paper? Forget about it. We'll sell you all the double A paper you want. It's never going down, Right? The reason they made a fortune, those guys, is because they were buying those lottery tickets when everybody was laughing at them, right? And then, of course, when it cratered, everybody was desperate for their product, and they made a fortune. So now, I'm not saying that this is a big short and it's 2008. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, if you're going to take a position, you have to do it when nobody thinks it makes any sense. And so, if the CDS on high-yield bonds, was already widening, it would cost too much money for me to go put those puts on. But right now they're tightening in a world where it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see how, that, how junk bonds stay, stay up. I don't see it. Not if treasuries are going in the direction they're headed. And if treasuries go the direction they're headed, and the Fed breaks the back of the economy, and we actually have a recession. You see, right now, junk bonds hold up because there's no recession. The economy is very resilient, okay? If that perception changes, that index is going to get hammered, and it's going to happen quick. And I, you know, I get paid on a lottery ticket. If not, I give the money away. So those are my um, trades that I have on right now. Um, I, am, I am short a little bit housing stocks. I just can't help myself. Okay, that just looks like an unbelievable top. I've already shared this with you on previous videos on YouTube, so we won't go over it again. You can um, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
and you'll see those videos. Go take a look at um, here. If you need me to do this, they tell me it helps if I do subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> I don't care. If you want to subscribe, go for it. All right, and you'll see those videos of where I was shorting. Right up in here, we were starting to short the home builders, XHB. Okay? And I do it through the put market. I think those things have a lot lower to go. All right. You've been very patient with me. Spent about, what, 45 minutes bending your ear. Taking questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, I'm happy to uh, spend some time. Go ahead and fill it up in the comment section, uh, and we'll go over it together. All right, what do we got here? Um, maybe it's just you and me, Dennis. <laughs> Nobody wants to participate in today's uh, Sunday night call. That's okay, guys. You don't have to. I'm happy to um, see you guys on the trading desk tomorrow, and we'll go at it together. Um, but, um, Dennis, great call. Thank you very much for that, Dennis. Appreciate it. Um, what a good way to bet on the S&P. Just puts or something. What, what's a good way to bet S&P going down? Um, I, I think the best way to, to um, well, let me reiterate. Um, I, don't, um, I don't take a short position on the S&P or the NASDAQ 100, right? Because those are the big cap. Those weighted indexes are dominated by um, uh, the magnificent seven stocks. So I don't want a short leadership. So to me, it's owning puts on the equally weighted index. And that's where, as we were talking about, the, you know, the, the death cross has occurred, right? So something's seriously wrong with the equally weighted index. And that's where, you know, I would have my exposure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go short, you know. So I'll tell you what I like to do, Dennis. I like to be long intraday, the weighted S&P and the NASDAQ 100. And I like to be short the equally weighted S&P and the small cap index because those indexes are not supported by the institutions. But boy, do they support the, 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 the big cap tech stocks, right? So <clears throat> what are the best big cap tech stocks? I don't know. You know, um, NVIDIA is going to announce earnings. Is it this week? I, I don't know exactly. Um, I know earnings are starting to come out. So that's going to be an interesting time for us. TSLA, let's take a look. When's, when's there? Three days, right? So, um, oh, that's Tesla. Tesla's coming out in three days. That chart looks terrible. <laughs> NVIDIA, um, 37 days. So that's not coming out anytime soon. All right. And I don't know, you know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not that's some type of um, downward, you know, a, a diamond pattern that could collapse. I don't know. I mean, um, I'm looking at NVIDIA here. If it takes out the 50-day and takes out the low of that white bar, you know, I think it's good night, nurse. But I like the NVIDIA. I, like, I mean, Google has been outperforming. I mean, Meta has been outperforming. It broke out recently, but it had a couple down days. I mean, that's where I'd get long if I was going to buy something, you know. Um, did Amazon reverse? No, Amazon looks terrible. Mike, Microsoft was looking. Oh, that, that looks terrible. And these, these charts look terrible. Apple looks terrible. Um, and then there's Tesla that's about to announce earnings and, and God, you know, God help the market if, if this thing breaks down, right? Because it carries so much of the market. It's ridiculous. Okay. Um, but um, anyway, I like to be long 
the weighted indexes and the big cap names and short everything else if I'm going to you know, carry a, a, a short book at all. Can I just take a minute right now to make sure you guys understand that if the market reverses tomorrow for whatever reasons, I could be gone from my short in an hour and at five minutes. Okay, so I aggressively trade that short side. I don't carry it every night. I might carry it for a couple nights and then I book profit. I step away for a little bit, try to put it out at higher prices. So I'm aggressively trading my short position. I'm not married to it. So please understand that if you're listening to this Sunday video and then not joining me on the desk all day, there are going to be some big gaps in, in how I'm executing. Okay. So please, if you're, if you're going to do something in that, in, um, in the, um, um, on the short side of the market, you, you, you got to follow your own risk rules and, and make sure you protect yourself. Don't hang yourself out to dry. We're not trying to be heroes here on the short side. We're just trying to stack some more chips on top of our 5.5% in treasury bills, okay? So act accordingly, okay? It's dangerous. It's dangerous to short. All right. Um, that's your public service announcement for short selling. Eric, what are your thoughts on retail, Nike and UAA? Let's take a look. Under Armour looks ter- terrible. Um, terrible. Nike's trying to put in a double bottom. You could argue that's a double bottom. But at the end of the day, uh, um, Eric, my opinion on, um, on on any stock right now outside of energy stocks and gold stocks is a negative. I, I don't care what it is. The risk monitor's red. There's no change in sight. Last week was a, a terrible end to the week. So if the risk monitor goes green, Eric, then I'm, I'm happy to, to go to the whiteboard and see what survived the sell-off, right, and then go after those stocks. And generally, Eric, I buy, I buy strong relative strength stocks. I don't buy relative strength stocks. Like Nike is 38 relative strength. Under Armour is even less. I don't, I don't like to bottom fish like that. If I'm going to bottom fish like that, honestly, I'd rather buy AT&T and collect an 8% yield. There's a 32 relative strength, and at least I get an 8% while I'm trying to bottom fish, 7.7, you know. And I don't even want to do that, but I'm just saying to you, what, what would drive the, the, the retail stocks higher? Like, I, I think the Fed is going to be higher for longer. It might raise rates again. I think the bond market's breaking down until they break the back of the economy. So retail stocks don't work for me. Uh, why is gold about the same price with 2011? And, and there is no correlation to news on inflation in the last two years. That's a great question. But you did just, maybe you were trying to help me out there. You just helped me prove the point on how to trade gold and silver. Gold and silver are trading assets. If we one day get into that nirvana melt up that every precious metals guy on Twitter and, and, and stock twits and YouTube will, will breathlessly tell you all the things that are, Oh God, remember that a couple of months ago is the dollars no longer the reserve currency. That was total ridiculousness. I came on here and told you that. I mean, that was ridiculous. Right. So if we happen to capture that, Mark, 
and, and, and they, it goes to the moon for all of those reasons that we all know, that's great. But that's not how to make money in gold and silver. You have to trade gold and silver. That's all. You get, you get a reversal like Friday. You put some capital to work. You use the low of Friday as the stop. The low of Friday is the stop. If it breaks back down tomorrow, I'm out. If it skyrockets from here, boom, I'm on perfect entry point. See where it takes me. And I don't have to answer the questions that you just asked me. Not, I mean, what I mean is I don't have the answer to those questions. I don't get it. I've been a gold and silver investor since 2005, 2006, 2005, I think. So 2006, we set up a precious metals hedge fund, my dad and I. We, we did that for over a decade, okay? So it's been a long time. And um, the only thing to do with these assets is to trade them, okay? And so don't get too lost on correlations and news and, and what should happen and what people tell you should happen. What we like to say on our trading desk, Mark, is that we are the smart money. You have to be the smart money. If you find yourself going down a rabbit hole, listening to smart money about gold and silver, you've already lost the battle. Half the time, you don't even know what acts they have to grind. They're telling you one thing and dumping it out the back door. So you have to be smart money on your own. And I'm telling you, the only way to make money in gold and silver, because that's what I've done, is to trade it. And if we happen to capture massive upside, we could talk about you know, all the reasons why later when we're sitting on huge gains and we've hedged it off. You know what I mean? Peace. Yeah, amen. Amen, Mo. Thanks for that, Mo. Hope, I hope that happens. Looking at the equity markets up a little bit off the lows. I'm trying to see I imagine the equity markets, gold and silver, are down a small amount, and energy is kind of flat. I, I, I'm looking to see if the reaction, if the news coming out of Iran and the West Bank are, are um, at first blush, they seem to be um, positive for the world. If it if it's true, then I, I expect energy and gold to be down throughout the night tonight and equity indexes to start to rally throughout the night. And we come in tomorrow morning to gap up in equities because maybe things are being resolved in a, in a, in a way that supports humanity. You know, so I, I, I think the best judge for that information is the, is the markets. The markets will tell you if that information is real or not. You know, if, if we come in tomorrow morning and the market's up, gapping up 1% and energy's down 4%, it's real. You know what I mean? So I, I hope that's what's happening all through the night. Um, oh, you're welcome, Eric. Um, I used to trade retail stocks like M in May to sell in December, but I'm not sure this year. Hmm. You know, um, if that's the call, uh, buy retail into the holidays, this could be a great year because they're all getting crushed with terrible, you know, uh, relative strengths. It's just not my game. I just don't, I don't like to, to do that. Um, Eric, DBA. Did they make DBA um, an LP again? Or is it, uh, 
It's an ETF. Yeah, DBA is a good idea. Agricultural index. That 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 would be a good idea. Is is it a limited partner? Because if it's a limited partnership, I can just tell you, um, I I buy I buy calls if it's an LP. It's not an LP. Okay. Oh, I'm going to write that one down, Eric. I like that idea. Eric, I'm 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 writing that one down right here for tomorrow morning. Because obviously um, that's the next piece. If it's energy and precious metals, then agriculture should be a winner. I'm with you on that one. All right, guys, any other questions you've got for me? Anything you want to discuss? Anything you want to chat about? If not, I'm going to wrap this up. Coming up on an hour, I appreciate you spending time with me today. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your idea, Eric, because I'm going to be all over that. Uh, tomorrow morning, depending on what's happening. So just to wrap up this thought, if you have any questions, feel free to put it into the comment section. But to wrap up this thought of how we're going to be executing, um, it's a tale of two tapes. First, you're looking at the equally weighted S&P, which looks awful. Okay, so there's the reason why I'm willing to carry some shorts. And then the S&P weighted, which is kind of hanging in the balance, right? It's above the 200, but below the 50. So if this index, in case you're not with me on the desk all, all day and you want to kind of gauge what's the goalpost of what I'll be doing, if the S&P weighted can break above the 50-day and close above the 50-day, I'm not going to be short anything, okay? If the S&P is breaking below the 200-day and closes below the 200-day and takes out the lows of last week, I'll probably have a bigger short position on it. So it's literally hanging in the balance there. I don't have huge exposure. If the market gaps up tomorrow morning, and what I said to you guys who trade with me on the desk on, on Friday, I said to you, I'm, I have a short position on it. I booked profits. Remember, I took half the gains off the table. I said, I'm, I'm going to book profits on my puts, but carry a piece overnight. If it gaps up Monday morning, which it generally does if it sells off Friday and there's no bad news over the weekend, it gaps up Monday morning. If it gaps up Monday morning and breaks below the opening range low, I'll double my put position. If it takes out the opening range high and I'm getting long the S&P using our algo or I'm getting long the NASDAQ 100 using the algo, I'll get out of all my puts. Okay, I'm done for now. Okay, so that's, um, that's the way I think about it couple more questions here risk monitor red so no questions thanks for everything hey a great jt take care man everybody have a great night um i appreciate you eric thanks so much i love chatting with you guys thanks for spending time tonight i'll see you all at uh, armor um insiders you guys can join me on the desk tomorrow 8 45 we'll do our morning meeting um and um i wish you all a a wonderful night. I think that's um I think that's it. Have a good night everybody. Stay safe.